This is the Ogilvy Podcast. I'm Nicholas Walton. In this podcast, we're taking another look at how the world of work is being affected by the emergence of new technologies, and in particular, artificial intelligence. Will it enhance productivity and improve everything from health to shopping, or will AI steal our jobs and lead to humanity being wiped out by a crazed generation of super-powerful computers? Big questions, so here's a big thinker to guide us. Yuval Noah Hariri is a historian, and much, much more. At a recent Intelligence Squared event, he explained his thoughts on AI and why philosophers could find it easy to get jobs in the future. Well, I rely on the experts, and what is interesting, what is vital for me is to try and understand from the experts what is or isn't possible to do with these kinds of technologies. How is not within my field of expertise. And if you try to cover everything, it's impossible. You have to give up something. I think most of the people who are very interested in the future of technology, they are experts in technology, so they understand uh, these technical aspects of biotechnology or genetic engineering or artificial intelligence. But for me, the most interesting questions are not the technical ones, they are the political ones, the economic ones, the philosophical ones. And how can you make sense of what artificial intelligence would do to the economy or would do to religion if you don't have uh, the necessary background in philosophy, in history? To take an analogy from a past uh, technology, nuclear weapons, you don't really need to know how nuclear bomb works. Maybe there is a demon inside. How, what do I care? I mean, what is important for me is that this device somehow, don't ask me how, this device I know obliterate a city and kill hundreds of thousands of people in a minute. This is important to know. How, and, and this building on that, you can start thinking about what this kind of weapon might mean for geopolitics or for religion. How does it work is not so important. Um, but how did I get to this? Uh, <laughs> line I it I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, is, is AI as dangerous in the wrong hands as a nuclear bomb? It's dangerous in a different way. A nuclear bomb threatens the physical existence of humankind. Um, artificial intelligence, according to some experts like Nick Bostrom, also poses a physical threat. Uh, in some scenarios, a super intelligent AI might destroy on purpose humankind due to this or that uh, uh, reason. For instance, a favorite scenario is that the first, I don't know, corporation that builds the first super intelligent AI in order to test the AI, gives the AI the task of calculating pi to see how it will do. And then the AI, the next thing it does, it destroys humankind, converts the entire planet into a huge, huge, huge computer that does nothing except calculating pi infinitely, because this is the sacred task that the creator gave me to calculate pi. And these entities they are using energy for all kinds of other purposes and not for calculating pi so i must take away the energy to calculate pi and they will resist it so i had better strike first and destroy them so this is one of nick bostrom's favorite scenarios which is possible 
Um, again, as a historian and a philosopher, I'm more inclined in thinking about the, uh, the other ways in which artificial intelligent, in, intelligence uh, um, threatens humankind, which is not to obliterate us physically, but to make us redundant, irrelevant, uh, useless, which from some perspective is an even worse fate. At least, you know, there is some grandeur in this big apocalypse. But just being pushed aside, and history continues without us, with the AI going on to do wonderful things, and we are just a footnote, uh, this, at least from some perspective, it's even a worse fate. Um, and I think it's a more likely fate. Uh, I think in the next 50 years, it's unlikely that an AI will destroy the human race trying to calculate pi. But it is a very serious possibility that you will find hundreds of millions of people being pushed out of the job market and losing their economic and their political power because there is nothing that they can do better uh, than an AI. We are already seeing the, this process uh, happening in the military, whereas in the 20th century, the most advanced military forces in the world relied on recruiting millions and millions of soldiers, of ordinary people, to serve as soldiers in the army. And this made, this made all these people vital for the state. So even totalitarian regimes like Nazi Germany invested in the health, in the education, in the welfare of millions of poor Germans because Hitler knew and the Nazi elite knew that if we want Germany to be a strong nation with a strong army and a strong economy, we need all these millions to serve as soldiers in the army and as workers in the factories. We need them. And now in the early 21st century, in the military it's over. You don't need the millions of people to, to serve as soldiers in the army. The most advanced armies rely on relatively small numbers of very professional super warriors and more and more on advanced technology, such as uh, drones and cyber worms and, and so forth. And the same process may begin to happen in the civilian economy as well. Do you worry then that, because if you speak to people, which I have done, so... Demisa Sarbis, who is the chief executive of DeepMind, which is Google's AI mm -hmm. uh, business, is very clear that uh, what artificial intelligence does, which is incredibly positive, is that it supports human endeavor. It doesn't uh, make the decisions. It supports us in making the decisions. Mm -hmm. Whereas you are saying that the computers, or AI in some manner, gets ahead of where we are. How does that mechanism work where the computer starts deciding what is right and wrong and not leaving it to hmm. the human being to decide that? Well, first of all, most people, their jobs don't require making these big ethical decisions. Um, if you drive a taxi or if you're a GP, a general practitioner or doctor diagnosing a disease, you don't make these kinds of big decisions. Um, and what you, what you do, driving a car and picking passengers, bringing them, or diagnosing the disease that this patient is suffering from and recommending a treatment, basically based on pattern recognition. And this is something that is very likely an AI would be able to do better than most humans within 10, 20, 30 yeah, years. Agreed, and even almost now with health data, for yeah. example, data is very good. But it's mm. always put in the hands of a 
physician, a doctor, to make the decision on what I'm going to give you this drug now, thanks very much, I think that's what we should do. And at the moment, human beings are still in control. Yeah, right? at the moment, definitely. Once you have an AI like ABM, IBM's Watson, which is able to... Then, some doctors, will, you always need them. Like in the army, you have the special forces, you still need them. And even the ethical questions. It's really interesting if you think about AI replacing human drivers. So suddenly, the AI will have to make ethical judgments and a lot of philosophical thought experiments that philosophers have been arguing about for thousands of years will suddenly become technical problems that engineers at Google or Tesla have to solve. Like you have your autonomous car and it's driving on the road and suddenly it sees that it's about to run over somebody. But it can swerve to the side, fall off a cliff, kill you and save these five people on the road. With AI driving the car, they need to answer this philosophical question. If the algorithm notices that there are five people it's about to run over, and the only alternative is to swerve to the side, fall off a precipice, and kill the owner of the car, what to do? And you can have all kinds of solutions. You can have even several solutions, like Google or Tesla, they can go to the market with the altruistic car and the egoistic car. And, uh, you can buy either. Yeah, and the, the customer is always right. We'll just leave it to the customers to decide if they want a car that kills them or if they want a car that kills these five people. So suddenly, all these philosophical questions, I think that in the next few years, just as today Google is starting to hire not only computer hacks, but also uh, biological experts, the next phase, there'll be a lot of jobs for philosophers. And for people of that, because you'll start having these philosophical problems becoming practical problems in designing algorithms. And that was Yuval Noah Hariri speaking about AI, nuclear warfare and why philosophy will be a growth area in future economies. You can find a much longer version of his interview on the Intelligence Squared website. I'm Nicholas Walton. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.